So uh, it's beautiful to be um, back at Christchurch. Um, this has been um, my home for many years. I think I first came here in 2000, um, and uh, we've been walking together ever since. So we really appreciate the way that you've partnered with us um, right from the very beginning, all the way when we were members of a church, and then when we took that step of faith to go out to Malawi, um, and you've been faithful ever since, and we, we so appreciate that partnership. Um, this is Hannah, my wife, so my name's Chris. Um, this is Hannah, and we have three children, um, Caleb, Lily, and Josiah. And this is a first, because actually I think this is the first time all of our children have yeah. been in kids' work. They've all gone through to kids' Hallelujah. work. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I can get this thing to work, which I knew I should have left it on. Um, where is it? Uh, I think it's... Okay, I'm just going to say next because I can't get it to work. Okay, um, so if we just click through to the next slide just for the moment. Um, can you click again to the next slide? So we've just got some photos um, that should be rotating on the screen just while we share this next little bit. And it just gives you a flavor of the people that we are working with. So um, I'm primarily involved in education. That's a big part of my role. Um, and Hannah is very much has a heart for um, working with women. So I'm going to let my wife start and share a little bit about what she's um, doing. As if you haven't already been intimidated enough by all these incredible people doing things um, overseas, what I actually want to talk about that I do is normal everyday life. <laughs> so getting up in the morning, giving the kids breakfast, getting them to school, downing coffee as quickly as possible <laughs> in order to do that. And what I really wanted to do was just encourage you, really, in the saying yes to God. So it might be something as simple as saying yes to joining a house group or saying yes to helping with kids' church, even though you're not sure if you've got the energy for it. Because it's those little yeses that lead to seeing more and more of God's kingdom in the place where he's located you. Um, so, yeah, that was encouragement I wanted to share with you. Um, one of the things I've said yes to is helping a lot of women um, throughout their pregnancies and delivery of their babies, so going with them into hospital. So that's why you'll see lots of pictures of um, hospital-type stuff up there. Um, and another thing that I do is I go to... Um, this really reminds me of something that Abby Coles and I used to do. So we used to run a girls' group in Finchley, and I now go to a safe house for girls who've been rescued off the street and run a discipleship programme with them every other week. So those girls are aged like 9 up to 21, and, yeah, they've been taken out of abusive situations where they've maybe been sent to work on the street, um, and yeah, so that's, there's no photos of that because we, it's a no photo place, if that makes any sense. There we go. Yeah, so, so being on mission really is actually about living in a different place um, and bringing God's kingdom. So, um, cross cultural mission, yeah. It's living okay. where you are now. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's a reality that. A lot, of, a lot of the time it's about relationship and um, building relationships. And so you can see there Lily with her best friend um, who's called Receive. She's actually the daughter of somebody who helps us in our house. But they've grown up together and they're like sisters. And you can see they have a love of ice cream. Uh, you'll, you'll have heard about the cyclone that hit Malawi and Madagascar recently. So 
Josiah was a very happy benefactor of that, as you can see. He uh, got his boots out and started going into muddy puddles, but we'll talk a little bit about the reality of that later on. Um, Caleb um, is our 12-year-old, or 11-year-old, nearly 12-year-old, and uh, we had a real blessing that I've just completed a master's, and somebody paid for him to come to Hawaii with me for the graduation. So we had a 21-day father-son trip. Um, it was about six to seven days of traveling. We got to do ice skating together for the first time and all kinds of different things. It was really tough. I had to tell them to stop sending me photos. I was like, I don't need to see Hawaii. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. However, when the active volcano started the moment I set foot on Hawaii, she got a little bit more concerned. I said, I'm going lava hunting, and you can imagine her response. Um, and uh, as you can see, uh, Hannah there. Um, so really, that just gives you a picture. Um, my involvement is on the base with Hannah. We, we help to work with the leadership team and just try and disciple in many different ways. I actually stepped down from the base leadership team a few, few years back to focus on education. So we have more of an eldership um, partnership role with the base leadership team. Um, and then I'm also involved in the University of the Nations, which is YOM's university um, in the Faculty of Education, as we're trying to grow um, quality education um, and equipping of missionaries. So the YOM university, its primary call is not to give degrees, it's to equip people for mission. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about health? Okay. Um, so this is where we live, just quickly. Um, you can see this is behind our base, so you can see the range of houses. We've got people who are millionaires in real terms within um, about a mile of us, but we've also got people who live in shacks. And our Wyman base is in the middle. This is uh, just drone footage going over our base. So you can see at the front there was a building, our community centre. Then we've got our base and accommodation where we welcome students and we welcome families. And then in the back here, we have our baptismal pool, very important. It's also a swimming pool, but we call it a baptismal pool. Um, and then over on the right-hand side, our house is the next one coming up here, Shonda Cottage. That is where we live. So if you need to find us, that is our house. Um, and we are right in the middle of this community um, that is diverse. And Jesus doesn't just come for one type of person. Jesus wants to come to, into everybody's lives. And so um, as we serve, we try and follow God's steps into that process. Um, there are three big things that we're focusing on at the moment. So we have a discipleship training school that we run regularly. Um, and this year, we're launching a new discipleship training school, which will include an education track, because obviously I'm passionate about education. And we're going to do an education gap year. The idea to train people who have a passion for education to have God's heart for education. Because we believe until that is in place, actually you can bring other skills, but they won't be living their life as worship. So we're trying to help Christian teachers to teach as worship to God, and we believe that is the key to transformation of education in Africa. Um, so if you've got people who would like to come, it's for internationals as well as Malawians. So 20th of October, it starts. If you feel called to education and you want to get God's heart for education, talk to me afterwards. Um, we've got plenty of spaces. We're also continuing to work at the school we opened with the government. Um, it's a long journey. Um, it's difficult. There's many challenges. Government teachers um, face many difficult situations, and motivation to work can be challenging when you have classes of 60 to 100. So it's, it's really an ongoing journey as we try and disciple the 620-plus kids that come to that school every day. Um, and then we are working on building our community centre um, 
I, I don't think for 350,000 we could even buy a flat in Barnet, but we're going to be able to build a um, 38 metre by 20 metre two storey community centre, and in there there's, we're going to be um, continuing the University of the Nations training, we're going to grow our sewing ministry, um, have some sustainable businesses in there, um, and the first phase of the Christian Teacher Training College is also planned to be in this building. So that's something that we're trusting God that he's going to provide, um, and we're going to get that finished, um, hopefully in the next couple of years. Okay, so thank you, Hannah. Appreciate you. <clears throat> So today I really wanted to uh, talk about God's heart and living out of the reality of having that relationship with God. Um, And so um, you can see I've called it Rooted in Love. And we're going to go through the passage that we've already read. I realized I should have put to verse 21, so we missed the glory and power to God at the end. Um, But... I'm going to use the amplified version of the Bible as we go through, just because it expands a little bit um, what each verse says. So I want to start with this beautiful picture of Charles. Now, Charles is one of the key leaders on our base. Um, he's Malawian. Um, he's married with a daughter. It's a miracle that his wife is still alive because she had complications in surgery, um, and it was God's grace that she's still with us today. Um, And they are an amazing couple, and they felt God's call to bring the Bible to people, to have a biblical worldview. And so um, the reason I've put him here is because I think that picture highlights this idea of being strengthened and this idea of being energized. You look at his face and you can see the joy. Now, you'd never guess what he does. Him and his wife... And a lady called Sheila, who is 77 maybe, she's around that, they pack up all of their belongings into a car, and for two weeks of every month, they drive to a village, they unpack, and they spend two weeks going through the Bible with a village. When they come back, they have two weeks off, and they go to a different village, and they do it again. I think they did it to eight or nine villages last year. And it's just, you cannot do that unless you are energized by the Holy Spirit. It comes out of a living, real relationship with God. And so it says here, May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self. So this is a gift. This is not something we strive for. This is not something I have to work and push to try and get this out. It's something that I come to God, and out of the riches of his kingdom, he pours it out so that I can live and walk in relationship with him. Do we really believe that? I think sometimes we don't grasp the level of riches that God has in his kingdom. And I'm not talking about money, although God owns everything, so God is the ultimate billionaire. But in every way, God has what we need. He has everything that's needed to sustain us. We worry about climate change. We worry about pollution. But it's him who gives us the air to breathe. It's him that gives us the food to eat. It's him that provides us with what we need to be empowered to walk according to his purposes. And so we need to understand the truth of who God is. Because sometimes we like to make mini-God. Where we've, in our minds, we've shrunk what we really believe God is like. And then we distance ourselves from him. 
and we start to live our lives independently. And it is a recipe for disaster. We will never experience the fullness of God until we are ready to stop and receive what he is desperate to pour out and give to us. So often we strive to get what God is already trying to give us, and we look in all the wrong places. You see, by his spirit, it needs to indwell. This is why I like the amplified. If you look at the bit in the square brackets, indwelling your innermost being and personality. In other words, allowing God to permeate, to change us from the inside out. Literally, immersion. Like um, in Matthew 28, in the Great Commission passage, it talks about baptism. Did you know in that passage, it's not talking about dunking people in water? The word that's actually used there, baptizo, in that particular passage is immersion. The same kind of situation where you take a vegetable and you stick it in a stew or you stick it in some kind of solution and you leave it and it marinates and the flavor gets in and it soaks in. And once you've been marinated, you are never the same. You cannot take out curry from marinated vegetables. It's in there. I dare you to try it. That is what we're talking about when we talk about it in the most being. It's being baptized by the Holy Spirit, by the reality of walking with Jesus so much that we are never the same again. We've been transformed from the inside out. Why so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith? You see, we know who God is, so therefore we start to believe him. We are able to have faith because we have confidence You know, we all say we have faith, don't we? Or we all think we have faith sometimes. But if you look at, you go for a walk one day and you come up to a bridge and you look at that bridge and you go, "Mm, am I going to walk on it or not? Faith is not going, oh yeah, that bridge is fine. Faith is actually taking the steps because you know that bridge is going to get you to the other side. Now the thing is, if I know the engineer of the bridge and I know that engineer is really good and uses the right materials and has done his homework, I'm going to walk on that bridge as quickly as possible. It's not going to stop me. But if I think it's being done by somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing, and I think they've used cheap materials, or I think the wood is rotting, I'm standing there and I might say, yeah, that bridge is fine, but I'm probably not going to put my feet on there. You see, when we don't know who God is, the truth of who God is to us It paralyzes us. It stops us from being able to take the step. But God will never call us into something that is not not in his hands. I like to say it's not safe, but sometimes God does call us into dangerous situations, but he promises to be with us in those situations. But the thing is, it's because my trust is in God. You see, we need to be securely rooted. I said to you um, recently, we had the cyclone that hit Malawi. And probably two to three weeks, we had solid rain, pretty much. Um, We had gaps, and we had high winds. Now, what that did in some places, as you can see here, is it literally turned the mountains into mudslides. Now, really sadly, um, in our city, in one particular place, literally a whole mountain came down, and it wiped away houses and people. They were just buried under the mud, and people were digging them out for weeks. It's the reality was difficult. But in this picture here, you can see what's happened, but you see the tree that's on the side. 
That tree is still standing. It's rooted. Now, we need to be so rooted in God that when the storms come, when the avalanches come, when the mudslides come, we can still stand strong in Christ. We can still know that we are okay in him. Because Paul's prayer for us is that we may be deeply rooted and securely grounded in love. In love, not just the feeling of love. Who is love? Love is Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We're so rooted in our relationship with God that we can weather the storm, we can walk on the water. You see, Peter, again, he knew Jesus, didn't he? And he said to Jesus, can I come? When Jesus said, yes, you can come, he was willing to step onto the water because he knew who Jesus was. It was only when he looked away from Jesus that he started to sink. And even then, God was with him. You see, we need our minds renewed. Romans 12, um, verse 1, is my, one of my favorite scriptures. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the perfect and acceptable will of God. You see, we need mind change. We need God to transform our minds so that we start to understand and hear his voice. We start to realize that as we obey him, we walk in his paths. We start to think like him. Our desires start to become more like him. You see, Paul's prayer was that we be fully capable of comprehending, of understanding with all of the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love. In other words, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. You see, Christian life is supposed to be an experience as well because we are in a relationship with God. It's not something we do and we tick off because it's our religious duty. Oh, I'm a Christian, so therefore I must go to church. Jesus says, come walk with me, just as in the Garden of Eden, he created us to walk with him. And God loves to do these things, and when we choose to be obedient, he shows off. We start to see God move. You know, a few weeks ago, Julian Desborough and some people have been praying and they decided to write down a couple of prophetic words and Julian emailed me two prophetic words. One prophetic word was for Madagascar, um, Mozambique and Malawi and that God wanted to make a chain or a golden cord running through and he wanted to show his glory through those nations, which is pretty cool. And as you know, Simon has gone to Madagascar. In fact, seeing, seeing Simon go is such a blessing for me because he was amongst a group of guys. We had one special year here in Christchurch. Around the same time, actually, the Holy Spirit was really moving at St. Bees, and we were going down there for worship as well. And, and we would just come here and we would spend four nights a week, five nights a week, worshipping and praying. And, you know, him and Jack, you were around at that time as well. And to see the fact that from those foundations God has sent him out really blesses my heart. Um, in fact, God sent me out from that because I was still working here in England at that time. And you see, we experienced that. But anyway, they sent these prophetic words. And uh, what they didn't know or um, didn't have a full understanding was, was that I had an invite to go to Mozambique. Now, I had been asked to take some of our staff and to do a conference in Mozambique, and I applied for a visa, and it didn't come through. So I ended up having to do the conference on Zoom. And literally, as 
on the very last moment of the conference, a lady from um, Mozambique was praying, and the internet connection cut, and the Mozambican embassy called me to say, hey, your visa's been approved. I'm like, thank you very much. We're finished now. So I left it. (laughs) And uh, then they asked if I would go and speak on a DTS, Discipleship Training School. And they gave me the topic, Fear of God. So I buried my head for two reasons. One was I wasn't sure about the cost and everything else because our family was trying to get the flights to come back here. Um, And secondly, it was on the fear of God. And preaching on the fear of God is a little bit scary because God always speaks to you before he lets you speak to other people. So to be honest, I buried my head. And then Julian sent these words and I was like, oh dear. Um, It was about Mozambique and Malawi and so on. And then the second word was, don't uh, look at the natural, um, look at the spiritual, look at what God is doing. So I went and I paid for my visa. Now the roads were blocked because of a cyclone, so we couldn't get through. And then I discovered I could fly from the long way, but it was going to be 500 odd pound. So in the end, I booked the flight um, because Hannah felt this was right to do. And I got on the plane and I went. And God really spoke, um, using a book, he really spoke to me on the fear of God. And so I arrived and I started speaking and I kid you not, I had 12 sessions I taught. And every session I started ready to talk about the burning bush um, and Moses taking off his shoes and coming to God's presence. You know, in 12 sessions, I didn't get to talk about that once because God spoke something completely different the entire time. They asked, can we have your notes? I was like... Oh dear, so I sat down and wrote the notes. 21 pages of notes all came from what God has spoken, but I wrote them after I'd spoken. It was just like this incredible time of God just flowing. And in the middle of that, I had a call from somebody, um, and we were just chatting on Zoom, and I said, yeah, it's been interesting. It was a step of faith because we're at least 500 pounds backwards from where we're supposed to. I didn't actually publish this online at all because... Um, I'd have upset some people because they were wanting us to come back to the UK. So I was trying to keep it on the lowdown. And uh, I said to him, yeah, I'm a bit behind, but God's really in this. I'm really loving it. He said, funny you should say that. I just received an inheritance and I felt God say I need to give you £500. Then I was given a thank you gift for $200. Then on the way back, I'm on the flight and I filled in the survey. It says, get £10 off your next flight. And I thought, that's not worth it, but never mind. I did it. They gave me 10% off our next flight and we got 10% off our family flights coming back to the UK. You see, when we take the steps of obedience with God, even when it seems wrong, God has everything sorted and we start to experience his blessing. You see, that is... uh, fully experiencing his amazing love. It's not just about the money that came in and so on, but, you know, the very fact he has everything under control. And even even the way that my family was able to release me at that time as we're preparing to come to England, God just put everything in the right place. You see, it's supposed to be practical experience um, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses knowledge without experience. So when we really get this, this goes beyond just reading in a book and knowing. It leads us into taking those steps of living life with Jesus Christ, of taking God's word, the truth of his word, not denying it, not compromising, but then putting it into practice, not head knowledge, but heart knowledge that leads to action that comes from the heart. 
You see, I love this picture of donuts. It made me chuckle as I saw it because you can see the jam that's inside. When you're a donut full of jam, if you squeeze it, the jam comes out. That is how God wants us to be with his kingdom. He wants us to be like stuffed donuts, so filled with his presence that if you squeeze us, it will pour out like water that's overflowing. You see, God wants each of us to be like a tap. He's not asking us to strive so that we can try and bless people. He's saying, receive from me, release the valve, keep it open so that water can flow through you and out. You see, God does it. We're nothing more than a tap. So in God's hands, if we allow God to take us anywhere, and we're willing to receive what he's got, and we're willing to release it out, God can use us to meet anyone anywhere. And when we all do it, we create an ocean. We start to see transformation happen around us. You see, that is where we are all part of this missionary call. Not just, not just me in Malawi, not Simon in um, Madagascar, not the Woodingtons in Australia. All of these wonderful people, the Johns, it's lovely to be here. I met the Woodingtons last time. It's lovely to be with the Johns as well. Um, but you see, we need to be so filled up to the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Can you imagine that reality? I get that in parts, but I wouldn't say this is true of my life. I have moments where I know it's true. In Madagascar, sorry, in Mozambique, I felt it. That was one of those moments. But more and more, that's how I want to live my life. And we're all invited. I'm not special. So you see, all of this is because we are called to respond and to go. You remember I mentioned um, near the start about the Great Commission. You see, in that Matthew 28 passage, there is another part of that verse which is often mistranslated. In Y1, we love to put on T-shirts, go and make disciples. And that idea of going and making disciples is lovely, you know, like, like you go and make cookies, you know. But actually, that is not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says, go and disciple nations. Disciple is a verb. It's not a noun. You see, making disciples is easy because, oh, we got somebody saved. We tick it off. Oh, we've made a disciple. To disciple someone is relational. It means we have to walk with them. It means we go on a journey together. We grow together. And that is why, actually, that's good news for all of us. Because as we're called to bring God's kingdom here in Barnet, as it is in heaven, as well as in these other places... We get the opportunity to disciple nations through all of our relationships, walking in obedience with God. You see, it is true we need to preach the gospel. Mark 16 is very clear. We need to go and we need to preach the gospel to every living thing. But the second part of the Great Commission is also to disciple. And so that is... The response, isn't it, to this passage. Paul prays for us. All of his blessing pours out on our lives. But we know him. We know who he is. That we experience the reality of his love. And what does that lead us to do? That leads us to go. And for some of us, going means staying in our workplaces and allowing the jam to come out. (laughs) Allowing God's presence to come out and influence others. You see, if we all really walk in this reality... We do that baptism that we talked about at the beginning. 
because we bring, we allow God to flow through us, which changes the environment around people who don't even know Jesus. And if you jump into curry sauce or you dip your hands into curry sauce, your hand is going to be impacted by that curry sauce. We need to go and marinate. That is God's call for our lives, is that we go and marinate the nations. We marinate Barnet. We marinate London. We marinate the UK. And with all these other things that are coming up that are problems, that doesn't matter because if we're in obedience to God, it's not us. We receive, we're the tap, we open, we allow God's presence to flow, and God's presence does the work. But we have to be obedient. You see, um, Lauren Cunningham, who founded YWAM and his wife Darlene, we're actually... Um, he's suffering from cancer and expecting him to pass away very shortly. But him and his wife have repeatedly said to us, you need to hear God. How do we hear God? We know him first. We get in relationship with him. Because I, only, I hear the people I'm in relationship with. If you're not in relationship with God, it's going to be hard to hear him. So we need to know him. We need to listen to him. But then we need to obey. You see, hearing is different to obedience. Obedience is I'll actually do it. Like that bridge we had at the beginning, I'll take that step, I will do it. Will we do what God asks us to do? Will we go where God asks us to go? Will we say what God asks us to say? And as we obey, obedience is not a one-off thing. You see, life is all about the little moments. I used to think it was all building up to something big. But the longer I've walked with Jesus, the more I realize that actually God does the big thing by adding all the little things he does through all of us. And that's how his kingdom comes. So don't think you're not important. Don't think, oh, I'm not going to another country, or I'm not standing on the stage. It really doesn't matter. Are you being obedient to what God is telling you? Are you taking that step? Because one, you will then go where God calls you, because you're walking with him. And two, you will marinate those around you. So on this Mission Sunday, as we close now, Just a quick question for you to think about. Who is God to you? And what has God been saying to you lately? Is there something that God wants you to do? Now, it might be supporting one of our mission partners. It might be doing a short-term trip. Christchurch, you're overdue. St. Barnabas sent a team only a few weeks ago, so it's your turn. You need to get here. Um, But (coughs) we... Whatever it is, we each need to take that step of obedience that God is saying to us and be willing to allow him to come shine out from us to those around us so we can see God's kingdom come. Can I pray for you? Amen. Father God, (laughs) let's just focus on God, it's fine. (laughs) Father God, I want to thank you so much for each person who's here today. I want to thank you that each of us is called to so much more. Not because we are special, not because we deserve it, but because we are loved by you. Lord, forgive us where we've ignored you or where we've lived life on our own. And now I pray, Father, that we would hear your voice afresh today. That we would know the depth of your love. That we would be empowered by your spirit. That we would be so transformed by what you're doing in our hearts and lives that we will obediently respond and be a blessing to many. And Father, I pray that each person here would be used to marinate Barnet, to marinate their workplaces, to marinate the places that they travel to, and that together you would use us collectively to see your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. 
We thank you for the privilege to be part of it. Thank you that you choose to co-create with us. And so right now, we invite your Holy Spirit to move us, remind us of that next step, that next step of obedience that we need to take, and help us to have the courage to say, I believe you, God. I will do it. And I surrender, I receive, and I open my life to be used for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.